0: partners for your safety remain seated with your hands arms feet and legs inside the podcast and be sure to watch your ears if any of you folks are wearing hats or glasses best remove them because tag and Teresa have the wildest ride in the wilderness
1: well, hello, Weekly Tears. We are coming to you during our holiday trip. We're actually sitting in DCA right now. I'm not going to give anyone any hints as to where we are because soon you will hear. Oh. That was almost on time. Thank wow. you, Goofy. Way to go. High five. Anyways, yes, we're sitting next to Goofy's Sky School recording. Ah, Donald and Panchito just came out. Somehow only, it works. Only...
0: your back is turned and you still I know. get distracted.
1: Two, two of the three caballeros just came out. Oh, it's just so fun and festive. Anyways, um, so welcome. So this is a little bit different type of episode. We're doing a mini trip report, and then we also have a discussion topic about the Candlelight Processional that we wanted to make sure everybody was able to listen and enjoy before the holiday season, because our next episode after this won't be until the new year.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, we do have a week off there, so... This will be the last time you hear from us before the holiday and before the new year. This is the last time in 2022. Next time you hear That's us, it'll be 2023.
1: That's wild.
0: Unless you listen to this episode late, and then yeah. maybe you then already is 2023. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh,
1: Deal Weekly starts now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we flew in on Friday. Yep. And... We didn't really do anything Friday night. We did order some really great Italian food. Yeah, we
1: got in late. So we got in, it was like 9 p.m. local, but that was 11 p.m., our Midwest internal clock time. So we just wanted to have a relaxing night, get to the hotel, because we had an early morning on Saturday. And we wanted to be well, well rested. So we'll just jump into it. Saturday, we got up, took a train. From Anaheim up to Burbank. Highly
0: recommended. Train is amazing. Oh, it
1: was wonderful. It was inexpensive. It was $37 for the two of us to take the almost, I think it was about an hour and a half train. It was direct, so we didn't have to change trains at any point. Then got picked up by our friend Devin, who then drove us over to the Walt Disney Studios. First time Tag and I have stepped foot inside of the gates magic. It was so, so cool. It
0: was really cool. We came in um, we didn't go in the like front gates that everybody knows. We had posted some pictures I think when we, when Touch of Disney was happening, we kind of went and did kind of a tour of that section up there. We didn't go on the property at that time. It was just a, you know you were at the main front gates where you Mm -hmm. could see the the dwarves holding up the building and stuff. We went in a different gate, parked in a parking ramp that looked like any other parking ramp.
1: Yeah, so it was but the outside had this really nice Mural that had like mm. different the Fab Five characters, and it was almost like a, like a mosaic looking thing. Yep. Still very cool. So we kind of we kind of did the back of the studio to the front of the studio is yes. how we kind of attacked it. Which, I mean, saved the best for last for sure. One of the first buildings that we went past was actually Stage Two. If you've never been on the Studio a Lot before, the cool thing about these buildings is. I mean, like, it just looks like a giant building. Of course, it says Stage Two on the side, but you're kind of like, okay, what does that mean? What's the importance of that? Well, Stage Two is actually named the Julie Andrews Stage. So, Mary Poppins was filmed at that stage between June and September of 1963. And then another film that had been filmed there was The Princess Diaries, which was filmed October through December of 2000. So, they had. Which also had Julie Andrews. Yep. They have all these really cool plaques on these buildings to kind of give you a little bit more of the history. Like, I mean what a Disney thing, right? Of course they've got stuff explaining what the the history is on these. And it was I mean, for that to be the first thing was cool, but we just kept finding cooler and cooler and cooler things the deeper we got into the studio lot.
0: Yeah, so we ended up getting down they were actually doing a guild showing of a screening of Avatar the new Avatar movie, in one of the screening rooms there. So there were some people on the lot, but we kind of walked by that. And, of course, they have a beautiful Christmas tree that was on the lot that was very reminiscent of one that you would find in the parks. It was really pretty. Did you get a close-up picture of the tree by chance?
1: I didn't. We didn't ever walk up to it to to look really at the ornaments and stuff.
0: We walked by the Sherman Brothers stage, and we ended up being... At Pluto's Corner, which is like the most... You've skipped buildings. Did I skip you buildings? you skipped
1: buildings, yes. So before we got to Pluto's Corner, we walked past the studio store on the studio lot. However, it was not open that day. The other really cool thing that we walked through was oh. Devon was telling us that they actually... It looked and felt like like a school area, and Devon was telling us that they have film scenes and use that area as, like, a school for different stuff. But there was this really cool older looking bungalow. And again, thank you Disney for all of your wonderful plaques. The bungalow has a really cool history because it was built in 1935 as the original home of the Disneyland Publicity and Comic Strip Department. It was constructed at the Disney Studios on Hyperion Avenue in Hollywood and then later moved to the Burbank location during like 1939-1940 era. So this was a very historic and old building that had actually Moved lots that they still have today, but I mean, it was very, very cool. And Jeff
0: said they use it more for like conference stuff. Yeah, now. Cur-
1: currently they just—it's kind of just like yeah, a, an extra room to do stuff in. But originally, it was the publicity and comic strip department when it was first built. But it's one of the last remaining examples of the Californian bungalow type architecture that remains from that original studio facility on Hyperion Avenue. Yeah.
0: And if anybody's been to Universal Studios Hollywood before, there's some very similar looking buildings that were bungalows for Universal on their backlog, if you've done the backlog tour. That's what it reminded me of. If, uh, we'll have some pictures online that you can look at this too. So
1: then, where did we go?
0: Then we went to Pluto's Corner, which is really, really famous as. We'll come back. Was really really famous because it's the one that you always see. This as like Dopey and Pluto and whatever. It's like Mickey Avenue. Yeah, and it's got that iconic like building in the background. So that was really cool. But the iconic building,
1: aka the Animation Building. But
0: you didn't know that it actually had all these cute things around it because it had like footprints.
1: Yes, there's a little. There's a, a fire hydrant and there's Pluto's footprints in the cement. On Pluto's Corner, too. So it's the details, right, that just make it so cool.
0: And they had a bunch of, like, Christmas ornaments and stuff scattered about the studio as well, which was really neat. We did pass the Sherman Brothers stage. Yeah. Do you have a plaque for
1: that? I was freaking out about the Sermon Brothers stage. Just amazing. So one of the things that was like super crazy was, so it was constructed in the summer of 1939 for live orchestra recordings. And because the location's so close to the Burbank Airport, they actually had to like be really careful and take special priority in soundproofing the building. And they actually had like a building within a building is how they did this. So that's how they had the noise reduction. But one of the coolest, coolest things... During the years 1959 through 1986, nearly all of the music for Disney films was recorded on that stage in that building. That's incredible. That's like all of the, like, come on. So many good films, so many classics. Just a whole, like, amazing. Just so much history. We weren't able to go in, but just standing outside was just so cool.
0: Now, something else that is not movie related that was also a plaque on the thing was that several of their most no- of the Sherman Brothers' most notable songs and scores were recorded there, mm-hmm. including music from the Enchanted Tiki Room. It's a Small World, so those are for the parks. And then, of course, there's Mary Poppins, yes. Winnie the Pooh, Jungle Book, and Bedknobs, and Broomsticks.
1: Oh, the Mickey Mouse Club also did much of their re-recording work on stage A there as well. Just so, so cool. So Sherman Brothers' stage right next to Pluto's Corner. Also right next to Pluto's Corner is the of course, the animation building, which I feel like the animation building really needs no no explanation because it's in the name, but it's got eight wings. The thing that was really cool was the design of the building was very intentional. It, it, Walt wanted to make sure that they all had access to daylight, so that's why they have like these funny little eight wings that kind of jet out. So if you look at the shape of the building, it's not just a big box. It's almost like like a couple of like letter H's put together to kind rem- of make these wings. It reminds me
0: a little bit of like a like an airport terminal. Yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. a center core and then there's these wings that kind of split out from it.
1: But I just thought that was cool. The window, the window design also featured mechanized awnings so that they could be adjustable for each room so that they had the ability to kind of just like control the amount of natural light coming in one of the many requirements mandated by Walt Disney himself.
0: I mean, that's really cool, especially if you think about the time that they were building these things yeah. on the studio. lot. That was a long time ago. Like, these things are, can happen nowadays, but that was kind of state of the art for the time. By the way, I just want to point out that we have a performance, yes. if you couldn't hear. <laughs> we have some live music behind us, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that and can hear us Okay. Um, but it's nice to have that ambiance, I guess.
1: Something that wasn't, you know, Disney specific or animation specific. That's interesting about this building was that they did all sorts of different designs incorporated in this building for earthquake protection and almost climate control. So the building was constructed with expandable joints in each of the eight wings and had a roller system on which all the pipes were mounted. Well, I that's mean, cool. Let's. I don't know, like interesting differently. And then um, heating, electrical, and air conditioning systems were all designed for efficiency, flexibility, and, of course, long-term usage, but to, even to this day, they're fully functional in their original condition.
0: That's really cool because, I don't know if you know this, but one of the really neat features of the Golden Gate Bridge is that parts of it are on wheels, yeah. so when there's an earthquake, it can move, and that's really neat that they're, they have that same kind of technology in use at the Disney Studios.
1: So, of course, many of the classic animated features were animated in this building, including, but not limited to, Dumbo, Peter Pan, Cinderella, and the Lady and the Tramp.
0: So, so cool. There's so and much And then the stuff. other
1: big thing about this particular building is what, Tag?
0: Walt's office. Yes. Which we'll get to later, because we didn't do that quite yet.
1: Nope, but this is the, that's that's
0: the building. That is the building the Walt's office is in, and, well, you had noticed with the blinds Because yeah. we had not gone inside Yeah So we were downstairs And we uh, Like outside the building We looked up And what did you notice About the windows
1: So the thing that's Really interesting is The Walt's Walt had a corner office And it's actually Looking out onto Like the Legends Plaza area yeah. But we were Taking pictures And just t- standing there Kind of talking Reminiscing And just kind of Feeling Walt's spirit While we were there But when I was Looking back at my pictures It looked like his office Was dark Compared to the others, well they actually have different blinds in Walt's office than they do the other anim- the other offices in the animation building. The other offices have like what looks like a white vinyl style blind, but Walt's actually has like a darker wooden blind. So I thought that was interesting. But I'm sure that's probably what Walt had in the office when he had it and right. of course they're trying to preserve that history and the archives kind of controls and is in charge of that space now. So I'm sure that they're trying to keep it as true. You know, that was one of the details to keep it as true to what it was when Walt used it.
0: I will say that the one of the highlights I think of our day on the studio lot was the Legends Plaza I think it's called. That is that area that is right in front of the executive building that has all the dwarves holding up the ceiling. There's all these pillars in this kind of courtyard that has all of these basically kind of like the Hollywood Walk of Fame handprints of famous people anybody who's been made a disney, All of legend, the disney legend there's also the only place outside of disney parks that has a partners statue the legends statue which is a, a, a large replica of what the legends award award looks like and then there's also the same statue of Roy and Minnie that they have in Walt Disney World. What's the name of that? Do we know the name of that I don't remember
1: what that one's called, but it's the one where they're they're sitting on the bench, holding hands, and they're looking at each other. Yeah, it's so so sweet. But I mean, we could go like I could have, I didn't. I'm now I'm regretting that I didn't. I could have given Walt a hug if I wanted on that platform. Oh my goodness. But, I mean, you could walk right up to the statue. I mean, we have – we'll share photos, of course, but there's photos of us standing right next to Walt and Mickey of the partner statue right there. It's just incredible. And the other thing that was also just so real about this – so surreal about this whole experience was with it being on a weekend and not, like, a formal guided tour group experience, there were times when we felt like we were the only people on the studio lot because the only other thing going on, really – was like take mention the screening of avatar um and those people just kind of were walking through to get from point a to point b to get to where the screening was so there was a lot of corners and pockets of this that we were it was just ours it was so so incredible once in a lifetime experience we seriously cannot thank our friend devin enough for allowing us to do this and inviting us to do this because it was just one of the, like, highlights, I, like, I don't know. Maybe it was, like, I felt, like, almost in shock when we were there. Like, I couldn't believe we were there and that it was just so relaxing and so chill. And we could take as much time as we wanted on stuff because it wasn't like we were being rushed on to the next thing. There
0: weren't just a ton of incredible. people on the way and well, all of that. And, like,
1: when we were in the the, the Legends Plaza is what I'm going to call it. I don't know what the, I'm sure there's an official name, and I apologize. I don't know what it's called. But it's the area that's right in front of the Team Disney building that has all the, the seven dwarves holding up the, the roof. We, we were the only ones in that plaza. Yep. It was I don't know, like, how often does that happen if you're not, like, I don't know, maintenance or something that works there? So, of all
0: of the plaques that we saw, well, of course, when they got made Disney Legends, uh, if they were still alive at the time, They have a plaque with their handprints in it. If they were not, they just had the picture of the statue that they get for Becoming Legends. Was there a specific set of hands that stood out to you or that you thought was really cool to see? I know we... I mean, it's really hard to pick from all of these great handprints. Was there there anything that stuck out to you?
1: There was one. Let me find what one it was. There was one grouping... That was just such an, like, iconically cool grouping. By the way, I
0: found the name. It was Disney Legends Plaza.
1: Oh, the, the Disney Legends Plaza. Okay. I, I don't remember... Oh, what grouping was it? There was a couple cool groupings. Like, Richard and Robert Sherman are grouped next to where Julie Andrews is grouped. There was a really cool... What was another grouping? There was, like, a Star Wars grouping. Yep. That was cool. Claude Coates, Bill Evans, and Mary Blair, along with Ken Anderson, were all grouped together. Ron Dominguez was there. I
0: was surprised because Elton John is a Disney legend. Yeah. And I was surprised because the stereotype of somebody who plays a piano is like long, skinny fingers. Oh, yeah. And he's got very short, stubby fingers. He does.
1: Oh, another one. Another good grouping was Bob Gurr, Alice Davis, and Rolly Crump.
0: Yes. It was amazing. So... One of the things we found out that like seems obvious to probably some of you listening, but was not obvious to me, was in the executive building. Oh, this is the other good the, one. With all of the dwarves on it, is that's actually where executive Disney people are. So Bob Iger would, has his office in there, like all the high up executives. So. I, it didn't dawn on me that that was what that was oh, yeah. until Devin explained that that's where it was. By the way, that is also called the Michael Eisner Building, mm-hmm.
1: the Team Disney Building. Yeah. So here was the other good grouping, the one that like made me kind of like pause and just like let my chin drop. It was Ward Kimball, Ollie Johnson, Frank Thomas, and Mark Davis. What a group. What a grouping. And I also had to laugh because Ward Kimball added extra fingers to himself. So it looks like he's got six fingers. I was wondering about
0: that. One <laughs> other kind of cool thing was like Johnny Depp's print, for instance. Oh, yeah. He was wearing all these rings yeah, and yeah. you could see them well, in the was print.
1: Oprah Winfrey must have had long nails when she did her imprint because you could see um, imprints from the, her nails.
0: Yeah. So that was just
1: interesting. We could go on and on and on about all the cool people that so the- are legends that we got to see the handprints of. But it was... So cool.
0: The next building we went into was the Frank Wells building, which actually Devin worked in for a period of time, Mm -hmm. and we were only able to go on the first floor. The second floor is actually where they house Marvel stuff right now, and it's the only floor, if you look at it from the outside, that has reflective windows, (laughs) so you can't see inside. The first floor of this has the Walt Disney Archives. There is a multi-plane camera there. Yes. There was uh, a bunch of stuff. One of the things Teresa made fun of me for was she was taking pictures of the Walt Disney I Archives exhibit. I was
1: geeking out the Walt Disney Archives. This is where they've got the they're like, windows, yep. where they do those window displays. And currently on display there now is um, bed knobs and broomsticks stuff which is one of my favorites, one of producer James's favorites, and I'm just, like, geeking out at all the props and all the behind-the-scenes photos, and all of a sudden I turn around, and here's Tag.
0: They had a poster <laughs> that was for Disney employees about tech-supported IT stuff, so, of it's course, like, I took a picture of it. It's
1: like poster board on an easel, and here I am with all these cool, like, historical, like, the island of novumbu book is, like, in and a I'm, case right in I'm front of me. i
0: your mobile portal for tech support, <laughs> report a Wi-Fi <laughs> issue, call the support center.
1: <laughs> so much so that I'm taking pictures of the, the artifacts, and he's taking pictures of the poster board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was uh, so funny. So
0: we got out of that place. Uh, they are working. There was a door there that had a code name on it. That I think is working on one of the Marvel shows coming up And that was really neat They were doing cool. some digital production yeah. So we left that, we walked around some more We passed the Production Operations Center And the Walt Disney Studios um, Motion Picture Film Archive I laughed
1: so hard because I'm like, oh my gosh it's the Disney Vault. This is where this is where they housed all the things before they were. remember the Disney Vault pre-streaming, where they'd only release Disney films oh, every yeah. so many years. I was laughing. I'm like, look, there's the literal vault. I don't know if that. I don't think it actually is the literal vault, but this is where this is the film archive. So it is where they house all the original yeah. film.
0: One of the neat things in typical Disney fashion is walking down this little area. If you look to the left where we were, there was kind of. I don't know. I, if it was a parks setting, I would say a very backstage looking. But to the right was all of the older like animation buildings and yeah. all of that stuff. Well, one of those main roads leads up to this, and they had this fake wall built that has the Walt Disney Pictures logo on it with mm-hmm. the lights up at night. But it's kind of in the middle by itself, but you realize it's only there, so when you're looking from like the older part of the studio down... It looks like it continues on. It looks all pretty.
1: Do you know what's interesting? To kind of like build on that was just we were commenting on how beautiful the grounds are, and really the only people that see the studio grounds, it's not like a park, right? It's not like it's you're constantly have to be on stage for guests and have you know meet guests. This is all for Disney employees, but it is. As well manicured and as well put together and as well visually like appealing, I guess, as the parks are. And I just, like, there was just so much attention to detail. We were looking at stuff and trying to think, like, how long do these, gar- like, how many gardeners do they have to have? And how many right. different, like, people do they have just to keep up the look of it? Because even all the buildings are, like, I didn't see anything that was like, oop, they need to touch up paint there. Oh, yeah. they need like like, it was pristine. I couldn't believe it.
0: Absolutely. So we ended up back on the other side of the animation building, and we went inside, which was kind of a funny story because apparently the screening that was across the way, the bathroom was not working, oh. so people were coming in and using the bathroom in there, which was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, they we were like, of all the cool buildings to like just be like, oh, here, just go use the... Bu- the oh, here, we'll get you access to a restroom elsewhere. So they had the animation building unlocked. Yeah. I'm like, of all the buildings to, like get randomly unlocked for no
0: real right. reason. That was the coolest one. But we got to go up to the third floor. We did. And at the end of the hall, one of the hallways on the third floor is Walt Disney's office, which we didn't get to go into, obviously. We didn't obviously. get to
1: go in, because it, yes, it was closed, but we got to go up to the the doors that lead to the doors that probably lead to the other doors of Walt Disney's office, because there is kind of like a like a receptionist area before you get to his office. But that was so cool. It was and the coolest, still so cool. The coolest thing too is we we entered from the opposite end, so we had to walk all the length of the building to get to his office. But they had all of these different photos of Walt and Walt from photos of what we had seen photos, a lot of photos of Walt I hadn't seen before. Yep. And, I mean, just, it was almost like walking through a museum with how much history and how much love of Walt was still just seeping literally out of the walls of this building. We did look down the floors of the second and first floors. They also had stuff up on the walls for other things, but the third floor was all about
0: Walt. It was so, so cool. Yeah. So after we... Walked around and stared in awe at that for a while. We ended up going over this really cool pedestrian bridge that goes from the st- Walt, the uh, like main studio campus, over to the animation build. Or there's like a new animation campus and the ABC building, and we were able to walk in there. That was also really cool. The animation building over there, by the way, is the Roy E. Disney Animation Building, and that's the one that looks like Mickey's.
1: Yeah, Mickey's sorcerer, sorcerer Mickey's hat. hat. So. The, we couldn't go into the the animation building is, of course, close. And I don't even think they do tours at the animation building. But it's still just so awesome, so surreal to be able to stand and be outside of it and take pictures of it. And just, it's a gorgeous, beautifully, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful building. I know building. Trace is going
0: to roll her eyes to me when I say this. But one of the things I found interesting was the area between the ABC building and the animation building looks like this really beautiful courtyard. Yeah. But you can literally just, drive, like, like, there's yeah, a gate do. there that you can just drive and they do. up through. I think they,
1: they, there are some of the behind-the-scenes specials that I've seen for on Disney+. Plus. Like, I've seen where they will, like, drive, I'm going to say, like, important people up to the animation building or, like, maybe celebrities right. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, people do get dropped off right in front of that building. It was just surprising to
0: me because it looks yeah. like a gorgeous it courtyard. Does
1: look, yeah. It does not look like a road. We'll say it that way. It does not look like a road. So, Amazing. So, so amazing. So that's kind of
0: where we wrapped up our studio tour. Yeah,
1: and then after that, um, Devin drove us over to Glendale, which is where some of the other Disney campuses are. But most importantly and most like famously, I guess, Disney famously, is this is where the Imagineering building and campus is.
0: Now, next to it, um, so of course there's the iconic 1400 building. Oh, yes. Which you've, everybody's seen photos of. Next to it is a brand new campus that Devon said they built like fourteen oh one. They built like five or six years ago. Um, but one of the cool things was we went to the first security gate, and they had all of these um, Zootopia Zootopia security guards, like all the police, figures. the police. <laughs> Yeah. The police critters from Zootopia. It was so cute, because obviously security. Yeah. Um, but we arrived on the Imagineering campus, and we got kind of lucky because they were having a shopping event. Yep. Um, so we were able to actually get access to Mickey's of Glendale, which normally is not open on the weekend. Uh, It is
1: sometimes, but not all the time. Right, So timing-wise, we we lucked out there for sure.
0: It was really neat. Disney
1: magic. Now, we weren't able to take photos on the campus, which I will preface, we didn't see anything like that was top secret that would be things that you shouldn't be taking photos of. But they did have like a Heimlich ride vehicle back there. Um, They had a
0: people mover ride vehicle. They had a people Skyway. I was like in heaven.
1: They, the coolest thing, though, was this, it was kind of just the courtyard that we were allowed into. We weren't in any of the buildings except for Mickey's of Glendale, but the courtyard area was so cool, like, very fancy. Devin was telling us that they, like, what, like throw parties just to throw parties. We were there the day after the 70th anniversary, and you could kind of see remnants of, they probably had a, a, a shindig or some sort of gathering, some sort of celebration there earlier, because there was stuff up. Um, honoring the 70th, it was yeah, very very cool. They also
0: had this really cool sign that had directions to all the different parks and uh, properties around the around the world that were Disney. So there's Disneyland, Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Hong Kong Disneyland, yep. Castaway Key, Alani, yep. and Shanghai Disneyland.
1: But it said so it had all the mile markers though too. I yep. don't know if you mentioned that part, but it said like you know. Alani, this way, you know, however many miles. So I, I just thought that was so, so cool.
0: Yeah, Disneyland was a whopping 32 miles. <laughs> and uh, Castaway Key was like 2,496 miles, as an example. It was just
1: such a fun little sign. Very cool. Like I said, we didn't get to go in any of the buildings or, in, you know, it wasn't... It was just cool to be on, like, inside the gates on the campus. Yeah. After that, we then drove back around to kind of like the front of the Imagineering building to take photos... In front of the the basically the 1401 entrance, 1401 Flower. That's the building that says Walt Disney Imagineering right on it. The other interesting thing was right, the studios. Mickey's kind of everywhere. Yep. It's very obvious. Even the fence, the, the iron fence it has tiny little Mickey's all over it. And it's very decorative, very obviously Disney. These campuses, if you knew what to look for, you knew that they were Disney. But if you didn't know, you didn't know. They were all kind of in the same color scheme as what the buildings over at the studios were painted. But the, like, giveaway, quote-unquote, for me was that the address signs looked like the cast member badges. Yeah. Past that, it wasn't like they slapped Disney all over everything and everything new, because what was it? Consumer Products, I think, yeah. also had stuff in that building, too. But of course, we had to take advantage and take all sorts of fun photos in front of the Walt Disney Imagineering front doors.
0: Yep. So, after that, we just ended up we just ended up wrapping up. Uh, we went and had some lunch and got on the train and took the train back. One thing I do want to mention that we did that day was the art buses around oh, yeah. Disneyland... Have I guess for the last maybe year, year and a half, the lady was saying, if you download their app, you can actually do, there's an on-demand aspect of it that will take you to, from Disneyland or around the Disneyland area, the Anaheim Resort District area, to various places. We had scheduled one in the morning, but we got a little too nervous not knowing how it worked.
1: I'm, I'm just noticing Goofy Sky School just broke down.
0: Right, because there's nobody <laughs> there, screaming behind no, us? No,
1: there's nobody screaming. I can see people stuck in their ride vehicles, not moving. Oh, well, that's Interesting. fun. <laughs> but yeah, so
0: you got to get the app. And we took it all the way back, and the lady was super nice. Mm-hmm. We, we They picked us up at Arctic, which is the regional, regional transfer area yeah. for Anaheim. And she took us right to our hotel, and it was great. It was so, wonderful. So
1: to kind of recap, we took the... Because of timing, we took Amtrak from Anaheim to Burbank, and then we caught the Metrolink train, which is kind of more of the commuter train back. Yep. We did have to do a transfer with the Metrolink, so it took us to Union Station, and then we caught the next train to take us to Anaheim. Yep. But it, I mean, overall, the train—I mean, the train was delayed for some. There was something going on, but other than the delay, very enjoyable, very reasonably priced, yes, and very easy. Especially if you were like us and in the area without a car and want to go kind of explore different parts of the area without having to just do a ride share or try yeah. and figure something else out. It was really convenient.
0: Yeah. And honestly, if we would have known that this was the thing, we probably would have used a lot more oh, already, yeah. but uh, we just didn't know. And they are talking, the lady we were talking to, the bus driver, said that um, they were thinking about trying to expand out to the Santa Ana oh, Airport in the future, amazing. which would be great.
1: We, we we voted yes for that. We didn't. T- we told her we didn't know if we had a vote, but our vote was yes. Yes, that would be very, very helpful and very wonderful.
0: Well, next time you hear from us after the first of the year, we did go on the holiday tour, and we're going to talk about that next time.
1: I'm sorry, I just realized Viva Navidad's starting in the back. I don't know if you guys can hear the music, but Viva Navidad's just now starting. So we should go check that out. I think we're going to head over and check that out. So part two will be the rest of our trip, including our holiday tour that we did in. Well, it started in Disneyland. We had some time in D.C. and ended in Disneyland. But then also just for the rest of our experience with the holidays here at Disneyland, including all of the yummy foods
0: mm. from the holiday
1: menus, but also from the Festival of Holiday Booths.
0: Well, uh, until next week, well, first of all, we hope you enjoy the discussion topic that we had about the Candlelight Processional that you'll hear uh, right after this. So yeah, enjoy that. Well, this week for our discussion topic, uh, you know, it's been a couple weeks since the Candlelight Processional happened, but we wanted to get somebody who was actually there to talk about it since we've never really talked about it on the show. So for this week, let's welcome Patrice to the show. She is a weekly tier, and Mm -hmm. she is a travel planner for our friends over at the Concierge. So if you want to book some travel, you can book some travel travel through patrice as well so welcome to the show patrice
1: thank you so much happy to be here so before we dive into all the fun details of the candlelight processional we want to just let our audience get to know you a little better we've gotten to hang out with you in the parks a couple of times but if you could tell us your disney story so what got you interested in disney or disneyland you can be as detailed as you'd like or as brief as you'd prefer to
2: Well, I grew up in Southern California, and the only time we ever went to the parks was when somebody from out of town came in. So didn't go super often. But when my husband and I were dating, one of our first few months, we both played hooky from work and went to Disneyland. And we didn't have a plan. We didn't rush anywhere. This was back in the 90s, and parks weren't as crowded. And we went in, and I remember first we went to Carnation Cafe, and we had a leisurely breakfast, did some people watching, did some rides, and then went home. And I just remember thinking, oh, that's what this place is supposed to be like. And so I just, from there, there you go. That's... That's my story. <laughs> I love that. That's great.
0: Yeah, just you were talking about that, and I was just thinking, oh, the days when you could go leisurely to the park <laughs> and not have to rush through things that it wasn't crazy packed. And you didn't
1: have to have a a dining reservation to get to Carnation Cafe right. for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, right. Just the the <laughs> exactly. go with the flow the the go with the flow days. You can still go with the flow now. Don't get me wrong, but it's just it's just a different flow now.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, yeah. maybe we'll maybe it'll get back to to that at some point. Who knows? Well, when you go to Disneyland on your first day of a visit, which way do you go? Do you go left towards Adventureland? Do you go straight through the castle towards Fantasyland? Do you go right towards Tomorrowland? What's your kind of attack plan?
2: I have no plan uh, unless somebody I'm with wants certain things. Because I've been so many times now, it's mostly when I go, I'm going for like, oh, I want to try this new food or uh, there's this new overlay or, you know, there's something specific I want to do. So it's really a mixture. But lately, I found myself going more towards like Adventureland and going down and hitting like pirates first good
1: plan you skip right over that indiana jones line and go Mm. right to pirates (laughs) well you know
0: if they fix it like we think they might fix it it'll be really nice to to finally have uh have that again in working order
1: so patrice Mm -hmm. you didn't go very often when you were growing up as a child but how often would you say you go to the parks now because i know i know you're an annual pass holder and we've seen you there a couple of times but how often do you make it to the parks on average you can say month year whatever is easiest for you to count
2: I go once a month and I usually go anywhere from two to usually about two days, two to three days. There you go.
0: Because you don't live local, local. I mean, you're still, I mean, you're a lot closer than we are, (laughs) but you're not in the Southern California area, if I remember correct.
2: No, I am in Chandler, Arizona.
0: So see, there you go, Teresa. You always are talking about moving to Arizona. Mm You look, you could be as close to trees and go go a couple, (laughs) uh, you know, once a month.
2: Well, and it makes it easier because my parents live about, 30 minutes away from Disneyland, so I don't have to pay for a hotel room or anything. Even better. She's got it
0: worked out. She's
2: got connections. (laughs) So, Patrice, what is
0: your
1: favorite attraction? And even though this is a Disneyland podcast, you are welcome to choose any Disney attraction you would like from any of the parks.
2: Oh, my goodness. My absolute favorite would have to be Flight of Passage. Ooh, that's a good
1: one. That's a really good one.
2: I think it's also probably one of my favorites because I don't get to go on it very often. Sure.
1: Yep. So then it's more it's more
2: special. Yeah. But if I were to pick something at Disneyland, it would probably be Peter Pan. Peter, oh, that's a good classic. That is a good too.
0: classic. I was just talking yeah. with um, on the other podcast about one attraction that'd be really cool to kind of update and bring with like new technology. Would be Peter Pan. Like with the advanced technology we have now, you could make Peter Pan like even more spectacular potentially. Oh yeah. I mean, but one of the things that makes Peter Pan so cool is it's it has that retro tech. And it's still so cool and popular. So,
2: I would like them to get rid of the trash bags on the floor.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some, some janitorial, (laughs) some custodial staff try to, right? And uh, they're not supposed to. So, Candlelight Processional, I saw online that you got to go and Mm -hmm. this isn't even your first time going. So, let's start at the beginning. First of all, how do you get a spot to watch the Candlelight Processioner? Because I feel like, you either have to be invited or mm-hmm. work something else out, or you have to spend your entire day sitting and waiting for the spot and then holding it.
2: Yes. So I actually asked a cast member how you get one of those coveted white chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people don't know what I'm talking about, they line everything with those pretty white chairs. Like they have at weddings. Those are all like the, the fancy seats. Um, <laughs> you have to be, be basically like the mayor or like city council, like some sort of elected official, a club 33 member or an invited guest, like maybe you are a former cast member mm. that's very special or a current cast member that's higher up in the ranks. And they also said all of the former, oh my gosh, I'm not going to remember what they're called. Ambassadors, all the oh, former yeah. ambassadors. They all get invited as well.
1: Very cool. So
2: that's how you get one of those. And I heard on your, I think it was the last podcast or the one before, you guys were saying, oh, I wonder if you get a VIP tour, if you could get a seat to there. And no, you can't. I asked oh, that too.
0: Well, <laughs> cuz was I asked like, so the you, important question. You
2: just have to make secure your <laughs> membership at Club 33. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. Or you can be like me and you get to the parking garage at 630 in the morning So that you're one of the first 20 cars that gets in and you run basically. (laughs) And as soon as you get into the park, I know exactly where I like to sit because I scoped it out before. I'm like, okay, no, this side's better than that side type of thing. I knew exactly where I wanted to sit. And it's the same place I sat last year. And you literally just run over there. You plop your bottom down on the curb and you stay there all day. I need wow. to like witness
1: this. I don't know if I want to like want to be a part of the madness, but this sounds it reminds me of what I have lovingly now referred to as the candy cane shuffle when we re- got candy canes for the first time last year. Actually, second time mm-hmm. we got candy canes was with Patrice, the second day we got yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But that first day in Disneyland all these Grown adults power walking their way back to because you can't back run down through Main Street. So I just I would love to now watch you add the power walking shuffle with the plopping down on the ground to like claim your spot. I would I just think that would be I think it'd be fun and it'd be fun like so fun to watch. How, how fun to it's fun to do, but then also fun to
0: watch for for the area uh-huh. where people who are not invited who like just tr- wait there like you did. How mm-hmm. many would you say? approximately how much room is there for people like how many other guests probably get in and can kind of see it realistically.
2: So last year they only let people who were sitting on the curb stay. Like they wouldn't let anybody behind you stay years previous. They would have them stacked up. Like, I don't know after the parade, they let you stack up maybe four or five deep ish. And they did that again this year. So if you wait till after the parade and you just kind of hang out in that area and just like run up, you'll at least be like second row behind somebody, but you're standing. So, Mm. Um, but I would say like sitting on the curb, let's see, on our side of the curb, there was about... 20 to 30 probably 30 people all and they and all then, got
1: there probably at the around the same time as you did nice and early at 6 30.
2: Yeah we were all sitting down I would say the last person kind of came like around maybe seven thirty. The other side where the benches are there mm-hmm. people really like to sit on those benches I don't because you have trees that block your view oh, but people like, sure. like to sit on the bench. Those people get hotel rooms and they wait at 530 in the morning outside of security so they could be the very first person at the gate. And then they literally have a runner like not no, no walking, no shuffling. It's a literal (laughs) run to those benches. And those are like as you're going in, the benches are to the left. I sat to the right in front of the Lincoln Theater.
1: I think that see, that's the first of all. That's the way that we like to enter the park. But secondly, sure. I I'm with you. I like that vantage point of of everything That's better. You've got a much Yeah, you is. got much yeah. a much more unobstructive view from that side than than the other side. So, now so you've 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 secured your spot right as soon as the gates have opened. Now, remind us <laughs> what time is the candlelight processional start? 5:30 in the afternoon. <laughs> so, From what seven a.m. is when the turnstile is probably open. Yep. Yeah. To five thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. I'm very the thing I'm very (laughs) curious about is breaks because you need to eat. You need to have yes. uh, What we what we call
2: bio breaks. Um, Yes. So yeah, how how does that work? Well, people other than me who actually go with people because I went by myself. Mm-hmm. Um they bring their friends and they take turns. Sure, yeah. Well last year when I went, again I didn't bring anybody, went by myself. And I just made friends with the people next to me and we took turns and you know to thank them for like letting me be part of their taking turn groups I went and bought pretzels for everybody. Oh that's cool. Yeah. So just little things like that, you know. And but it's so fun because literally when I ran in and sat down on the sidewalk, I looked to my left and the same people who were sitting to my left were there again last year that are here this year. No, no joke. And I looked (laughs) to my right. And the same girl from last year was sitting on my right.
1: Oh, that's amazing. So you guys got to have a mini reunion then.
2: Yes. And the Uh best part of it is the girl who was sitting to my right last year. Remember, it was even worse getting reservations last year than it was this year. But um, she could not get a reservation into Disneyland she got California adventure. So she couldn't park over till park hop over till one o'clock. Oh. So at one o'clock, she like she lined up at noon to get into the park right at one o'clock. So she was hoping and praying there was some little seat left over and there wasn't. And I saw her walk up to a cast member and she was literally crying and I felt oh. so bad for her. And I walked over to her and I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And she told me her story and she had her boyfriend with her. And she were ju- they were just so sad because it was his first time seeing this. And I said, you know, I'm kind of taking up a lot of space over there all by myself. I just have, like, <laughs> my, my bag next to me. So why don't you just come sit next to me? Oh, so, you know, that was really nice. And we stayed friends. And
0: yeah, creating some Disney magic.
2: I'm telling you, that's what Disney is all about, is mm-hmm. making those friends and creating new relationships. And it's just the best thing about the parks.
0: So is there a rehearsal or something that happens during the day or like, is there literally anything other than it sounds nope. like the parade comes through before 530? And then like, like give people an idea for people who have no idea what the candlelight processional is kind of what's the sequence of events? How, what is it? does the show entail?
2: Okay, so as you're sitting there all day long, there's really nothing going on. The parade does come by twice, so you get to see the parade two times, going one way and then going back the other way. (laughs) So you get to see the front and the back. Um, And then this time they had a band, it was like five of them, and they would come by and they were kind of switching side to side and they would play some music every once in a while. So we had that little bit of entertainment. Oh, yeah. And then the narrator will come out, and you don't know who it is every year, except for on Saturday, they'll come out for a sound check. And when they come out for the sound check, that's how you know who the narrator is that year. So
1: tell us what that was like when all of a sudden you're just waiting for that sound check. Everyone's just on edge because everyone's got to know who is it? Who is it? Who is it? it?" And everybody's probably placed their guesses, maybe even bets. So what is it like when you finally see who, you know, the person walk out and you you know who the narrator is
2: because they do a really good job at keeping that under wraps.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do
2: really good. And I don't know how they keep it so secret. It is they're really good at that Disney magic. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So do you remember when you used to have to get a boarding group to get on Rise of the Resistance? You know, <laughs> yes, yes. and <laughs> as you got it, everybody starts cheering like that's yes. what it is. People are hooting and hollering and. So it's really a fun moment. And you you kind of get chills when that happens because it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So it's really fun. And they don't say anything. They don't announce them. They don't do anything. They literally come out. They say (laughs) like, one sentence of like their lines just to make sure things are working. They wave and they walk away and then you don't see them again till it starts. <laughs> you're oh, like, wow, fun. that was
0: that. was. But but when you're sitting there all day, you're just like anything's exciting. Almost.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so cool. But cool. you know what? That time, I'm not kidding you, goes by so fast. Like well, it's they- the first year. I brought my iPad, I downloaded all these movies. I'm like, I'm just gonna be sitting there watching movies all day. I literally never once opened my iPad. I was so busy talking to people and then going and getting snacks and going on a ride. Yeah, it was amazing. Wait a minute! You have long enough breaks to go on rides. Dang, that's that oh, yeah, sounds so bad. Oh yeah, because yeah, we'll switch off. So like, okay, you two watch our four seats while we go on a ride, and then we'll come back, and then you guys go on a ride, and wow. so you kind of you switch off like that. Yeah. So
0: when you're when you're saving seats for people, do you ever get like those those guests that are like, oh, I'm gonna come try to sit in here, and you're like, no, 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 and they're like, well, yes, yes, yes.
2: We had people try and sit down. We're like, sorry, this is saved. And they're like, well, where are they? And it's like, they're in the bathroom. They'll be back. Mm -hmm. And then they move. We didn't have anybody who was mean or rude. That's That's good. good. Yeah, that's good. I think people kind of
1: there's like a unspoken rule and trust and respect for like things like the blankets on the curbs or whatever. It is amazing. I always have to laugh. This is related but unrelated, is we have this local parade that everybody gets so excited about here. And I always have to say it's the magic of the tarps because people go out there and put their tarps down on their spot that they want for the parade, and somehow, magically, nobody creeps in on that tarp, and they have their spot saved. I've seen the same thing at Disneyland where you've got, like, jackets on the curb or, like, backpacks or whatever, Mm -hmm. and people respect it for the most part.
0: Now, did you get anybody... I, I have to imagine that there's some people like this guests come by going what are you what are you guys waiting for <laughs> what what's going on here did, did any of that going on yeah.
2: oh yeah people will say oh are you waiting for the parade it's like no and you'll tell them what you're waiting for and the my favorite thing i heard all day though was a lady who walked by and said oh they're waiting for that candlelight processional i've seen it before it is so not worth waiting oh. all day <laughs> wow. and i feel well. like saying will you You must not have actually seen it then because if you had seen it, you would know it is so worth it. Well, you know what? More space
1: for you. That's all. (laughs) More space for those that do appreciate it and want to see it. That's. Yeah, party pooper. Yeah. So now <laughs> let's let's get to the candle, the candlelight processional itself. So, I mean, I've not even—I'm such a noob with this. I'm a fake fan. I, I don't watched a video. Yeah, of it. never even watched a video. So I know there's the narrator, of course. That's kind of like the big thing that right. everybody talks about. But there's also the like a choir, uh, yeah. the trumpeters. There's a, a yeah. an orchestra. So tell us, tell us what that's all about.
2: Okay, so it starts with. All of the carolers, they start over by Small World where the, oh. the parade comes out. Mm-hmm. And they're all holding candles, hence the candlelight processional. Yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they're not real candles. They're the mm-hmm. electric candles. But And they walk all the way from Small World uh-huh. all the way up onto the stage that's set up right in front of the train station. Oh, and wow. they're singing the entire way. And you get chills because... I love choirs. I love singing. I love musicals. I love anything that has to do with all of that. These people, I've never, ever, ever heard a choir as good as this. And we're talking like hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And they're like kids from high schools. They're kids from colleges. They're staff members or cast members. Sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all It's all kind of a mixed group of people. And they are just most beautiful, angelic sounding thing I've ever heard. I can't even I'm trying to like imagine what it would sound like
1: yeah. to hear them. Like, I don't know when they're down, like by the hub and you can just kind of faintly hear them. And then you just kind of gets louder and louder and grows and grows until they're yep. at town square. That would. ooh, OK. Yeah. And I then they I'm starting of, to get
2: it, Patrice. I'm starting to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and when they get to like the town square there, they split off and some go to the right. Some go to the left mm-hmm. and then they all start filling in the stage. And in the very middle you look up there before anyone's there and it looks like a tiered, like cake kind of thing, Mm -hmm. like, and it's all covered with green um, material. And you're like, and somebody even said, why do they have a cake up there? I'm like, (laughs) it's not a cake. Wait till you see them. But all the carol or not all of them, but the, I guess, most special carolers, I don't know how they choose, but actually stand on those different tiers. And at the top, they have an electric star and it looks like a big Christmas tree of carolers. Oh, that's it so, cool. is so pretty. I love that part. That's one of my favorite things when they get up there. And and then basically, once they're all up there, they're singing their whatever song they're singing. I can't remember what they start with, but they finish that and then they sing. Um, well, they will announce who the conductor is. And this year it was a woman, mm-hmm. which was lovely. I love, you know when women have those positions that are unfortunately normally held by men. So yes. that was really fun for me to see that. I was like, yay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> So that was fun. And of course, everybody cheered for her. And then they did one more song, I think it was like, and they the choir sang and they have a band up there, like an orchestra, not a huge orchestra, smaller, but lovely, did a great job. And then after a couple songs, the narrator will come out and start telling um, the story of Jesus, basically his birth. Mm -hmm. And they say a little snippet and then they'll stop and they'll sing a carol that's, you know, like when they're talking about the wise men, Mm -hmm. then she reads that part. And then the choir will sing you know, We Three Kings. Oh, so. sure. Yep,
1: sure. So the, mm-hmm. the music kind of goes along with the story.
2: Exactly, exactly. And they keep doing that where the narrator will come out, say a little bit, and then they sing maybe one or two songs, and the narrator comes back out and keeps going back and forth like that. And then they always have a few independent singers that will come out as well. This year they had, I think, three people And one guy always comes out and he sings a song in Spanish, Mm -hmm. um, which is always lovely. He has a gorgeous voice. So it's lovely to hear that. I like how they incorporate that as well. So that was really just, I mean, the whole time you're like fighting back tears and you're just like, Oh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Even though you've seen it before, it's like, it's still the best thing you've ever seen. So, so how long from
1: the time, the, the carolers or the singers, you know, enter town square, you know, how long is the actual, the performance? About 45 minutes. Okay. That's a good, that's a good length then. Not super short that it's like, I've waited here all day and it was two minutes, but also Mm -hmm. not too terribly long. So that's great. That sounds like a, like the perfect amount of time.
0: I am looking at a video from the 2021 processional. It was just the one that Mm -hmm. I clicked on. And I have to say, Disney, as they always do, I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the, We were watching what you were describing of the carolers coming in and standing up and everything, but... The lighting the production lighting for this is amazing. <laughs> so, they yeah. change it and they go with different things. And they have different beams of light. It's all
1: different I mean, colors. It's
0: not, it's not quite this bad for the listeners who aren't seeing this. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it is almost like phantasmic. There's all these light beams mm-hmm. and lights changing and everything. It's like kind of it's crazy. Beautiful. It is very beautiful.
1: Well, then sometimes they have the singers lit up and other times they're kind of more dark. It's Yeah, it's gorgeous. Full production value.
2: My favorite thing that I just noticed because I didn't notice it last year, but I noticed that the star, there's like a little centerpiece of the star, it like changes colors with oh. each different thing. It's like, oh, how cool. It's like a different color now. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that last time, but just that little attention to detail just is that's what Disney's known for, right? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: So tell us about the trumpeters, because that's like the one thing that yes. the the you know, the the tr- the singing tree or the, the tree of carolers, the narrator, but also the trumpeters are like the three main things. On the roof of the trumpeters. Those are the three main
2: things yes. I like knew about the candlelight processional. So tell us more about the trumpeters. Yeah, they are. They are on the roof, and I'm assuming they have no fear of heights because <laughs> it is very high up there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they just once they start, it's just like like when you go and you see like a band live in concert in those drums, like kind of beat in your heart, like you can feel it Mm -hmm. like that's how it feels when the trumpeters start. Like you can feel it in your body. Wow. Because it's just such an intense like I mean, all of these guys and they play like I don't know what kind of trumpets they are, but they're the long ones. And Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, how they do that. And you don't, if you've never seen it before, you don't expect them. And then all of a sudden there's lights up there and you hear the trumpets and the way they do it is just so dramatic that, yeah, it just, you feel it in your heart and it just, that always gets me really emotional too. Like when they start it's like, oh, and they're not just like, they don't just come out for like one song. Like they have a significant part in it. They do quite a bit there. I would say probably towards the middle is when they would probably come out, I think, but they're... They
0: do play for quite a few songs. I Mm -hmm. just, I don't know how I have never sat down and watched a video of this. And I knew i had seen pictures. I understood that it was telling the story. I I knew that the, like Teresa said, I knew the trumpeters were there. (laughs) I knew that the carolers were there in that tree formation, but I never knew anything else. And now I'm watching, like, I'm not listening to it because I'm listening to you, but I'm just quickly scrubbing (laughs) through the video. And I'm like, I want to watch this now because... I didn't realize there was such like such a production to it. Like mm-hmm. obviously there was a lot of production, but I mean like I didn't realize there was as so many lights yeah. and everything. It just hmm, now I see why people sit for hours to watch this. Well, and
1: from how Patrice makes it sounds, it sounds like it the sitting's not so I mean, really when you think of it, you make friends when you're standing sure. in lines for attractions and stuff. So it's just kind of like that but extended. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's exactly. so cool that you got to make those connections. And I'm like would just beside myself that the people that you sat next to last year end up being the same people that you were near this time around, too. That's just wild. Talk about a small world.
2: Yeah. And you do little things, too, while you're sitting there. Like, one group was counting how many people they saw wearing Crocs. <laughs> and then another group was counting how many people tripped on the uh, step going down. Oh. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. And it's funny until like, you know, somebody maybe like in a wheelchair or something falls. But um, that's not funny. We did not laugh at that. But, you know, just like random people when they fall, it's like, oh, there's another one. Click. And then we also had a bingo sheet of like, you know, seeing, oh, who was wearing Mr. and Mrs. uh, T-shirts or who was like doing a peace sign for the camera or, (laughs) you know, things like that. So we were playing bingo, too. So we keep ourselves quite amused.
0: I was going to say, I mean, one of the amazing things about Disneyland in general is, you know, if you've been there enough times that you can enjoy just the atmosphere of Mm -hmm. the park is... It's people watching because there's so many different types of people that come. And, you know, there's there's young people and old people and just people from different countries and people from different backgrounds. And it's I'll just say
1: like professionals and first timers. Yeah. Professional park goers. Yeah. And so it's, I yeah. Should say. And it's yeah. great to just
0: kind of sit there and see how all of these how people from such a wide range mm-hmm. love. Disneyland. Yeah, it's just I like I said, I was I, I recorded the other podcast last night that and the same point came across to me is I was standing there. I was sitting there listening to somebody else talk on the podcast and we were on a zoom call and I'm watching them. And I realized I'm like, none of the people that are on this call would I ever think were huge <laughs> Disney fans. Mm hmm. So it's it's so cool to see like the you know and our our friend and supporter Ace, mm-hmm. big tall biker guy, bald, like you would never <laughs> think he like you'd think he's coming to like bust in your kneecaps or something but nope, <laughs> he he is not super yeah, friendly not and loves Disney and so I don't know. I now I feel like I want to go sit and wait for the candlelight processional and do what you guys are doing to count things and stuff that's actually mm-hmm. kind of sounds like like fun and could be relaxing yeah did you bring a pad or something to sit on at least
2: i did i went to Fantasmic like i think it was like 2019 mm-hmm. and did like the fan when you ate at blue bayou yes. and then you could see you know got the special seating and they gave you like a really nice like matte to kind of sit on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've kept that. And I, that's I, what I bring. Because it's so
1: comfy. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Because I have one of those as well. I think it was either 2019. Yeah, 2019. I think I got two. Because I had one from the time prior. The, the, I don't know what it is. They're only like an inch thick. But they are
0: super effective.
1: so comfortable. So yeah, comfortable.
0: I got two different designs. I got a purple one. Of course, I love purple. With Murphy on it. And yep. then I got another one. Like the one you have. Which has like that. colorful pattern Mm -hmm. design. And I love them both. In fact, I've taken them to sporting events that I have to that I go to for my nieces and nephews and stuff and I'm like oh this is way for more comfortable a than just sitting on a bleacher so mm-hmm. yeah so was there anything so so from the first time you saw it was there anything that really was there something in the, in the show that like really surprised you that you weren't expecting or something that you think that if somebody hasn't gone to see it that they should kind of be on the lookout for or anything like that
2: well definitely the trumpeters I mean that's just like it's surprising if you've never seen it before because you don't Like I never remember exactly when they come out. So when they do, it's like still, it's still a surprise to me. (laughs) So that is just, I love that. And honestly, if I were to do it and I didn't get a chance to do it this year, but next year, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay and see the first show. And then I'm going to run over to It's a Small World. And I really want to see the Candlelight Processional from that view as well. Seeing them come out because it's so amazing from that side so i'd really like to see it from the other side other uh, than that just how beautiful the voices are it's really surprising cuz like you don't think like that many people up there there's no way they could all be that good you know there's <laughs> going to be somebody who doesn't hit a note or something right but it's <laughs> it's it's pure perfection is what it is. And like Tag said, the lighting and how they make it so dramatic with the different colors and the spotlights. And it's just really cool. And then my other favorite thing is when they first start, because there's a huge Christmas tree right in the Mm -hmm. center and they turn off those lights and it goes completely dark. And it's just like for a second, you get the chill, like, Oh, it's going to (laughs) start. So those are the things that just really, are amazing that those three singers that come out and they do like their own little solos. They are absolutely amazing. And then of course, it's just always fun to see, you know, Ooh, who's going to be the narrator this year. If you can be there for that, that that's pretty cool too.
0: Now, do you remember you, you may know, I don't know what happened with this. That's why I keep asking people, but nobody seems to know. Do you remember a few years ago when for one, Maybe two years, but I think it maybe it just was one year. They did the processional like a bunch of times, like over a couple of weeks. Like what happened with that? Oh I, I do't remember that.
2: I
1: could just see the the how do I want to say this? So it's like phantasmic in Disneyland with how it's a normal. Everyday use space that they kind of transform. So I wonder if just having all of those pieces in place for that long was too. How do I want to say disruptive? Yeah. For the park versus Disney World that has a whole separate like auditorium stage thing that it's kind of like it's not impeding park flow and traffic and whatnot. So I wonder if maybe it was just too much too much of a, a thing. Sure. Because we we were talking about this too because like. If you want to exit the park while the candlelight processional is going on, I don't really, it's not an easy feat. <laughs> so no. Um, that's while, you know, while the processionals going on. So if you have that going on multiple times and you're really impeding nighttime flow right. for exiting, but then also just daytime, you can't, I don't, I don't know if you can get up to the front. I don't think you can get up to the front of the train station. You kind of have to go up one of those side steps
2: and kind of go around around the front because that's where all the the stage and everything's set up at sure well during the uh show the train is not running so Mm -hmm. you don't do that and they did have you know how they have that side exits like behind everything they did have those open during the show so people if they did want to exit you could just walk all the way back there but yeah it's It's very, I don't want to say inconvenience, but it takes up a lot of real estate and it shrinks the sidewalks. It shrinks everything for movement wise. Mm
1: -hmm. So, Patrice, I don't know with where you were sitting, if you could kind of tell, but how far back are people standing on Main Street trying to, you know, getting a glimpse of the show? Are they do you would you think that there's people maybe all the way back to like the hub that far back to Main Street or, you know, like. Of course, Town Square is full, but I'm wondering how much further back people are hanging out to catch a glimpse and just to kind of, I mean, you might not be able to see very much, but you can for sure hear everything from back there, I would think.
2: Right. So at the circle, you know how it kind of curves right past where the Christmas tree is? Yeah. Like they block that off and then down Main Street, they don't really let people like just stand there. Like Mm -hmm. you have to... And even if you were standing there, you really couldn't see anything because the trees block in your way. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, they keep, wow. and they're pretty insistent on, nope, keep it moving, keep it moving. Uh, wow. They don't let you stand for very long. So, so that's even that many more or less people
1: that can watch yeah. and enjoy the show,
2: and they do have a special. if anyone is in like an ECV or a wheelchair, they do have a special section for people who are in wheelchairs. and you sure. just need to check in first thing in the morning and let them know. And I believe they give you like a pass to come back. So it oh, kind of sure saves your spot right there.
0: That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I found it. It was a lot further back than I thought. So I'm looking at the history of of uh they have a list of all the narrators and in 2012 I I even found a Disney Parks blog article as well but I was thought it was sooner than that. In 2012 the event was hosted for 20 nights with nine actors narrating on different nights. So wow. so it was just the one year. It was just year. the one year. For some reason I thought it was more recent than that because I thought we talked about it on the podcast or something but I guess it was just well, it was 2012, so it was probably when I first, first, first started the YouTube part maybe, of reporting yeah. News. That's probably what it was from. But I that's, guess, that's I guess it was just too much. Probably after that one year, they were like, "Yep, it's too much."
1: Was Was that maybe? I mean, I don't. I'm not sure when, what year the candlelight processional started. Maybe that was an anniversary year for the processional, hmm. or something. You know, maybe some big thing.
2: It started, I believe, when the park opened. It was something that Walt oh. wanted. So the first one. I think the first two years it was slightly different, but in I think 57, since 57 on, it is pretty much what you see today.
0: Hmm. Yeah, 1958. Yep,
1: 1958. Oh, and it was 58. private.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Walt would hold these private celebrations to thank partners in the community for their support throughout the years. Wow. So I wonder what I'm going to have to do some digging. It was it originally a private event? When did it become a public,
0: public event? Public
1: and anybody can hang out. So much information. I mean, come on, the kid. We're just keep. I feel like we're just scratching the surface of the candlelight. We're gonna have to do like a deep dive on this and see what other information we can find.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> have to do like a thing. But I wanted to get Patrice's like, oh yeah, know, experience First-hand with experience. it because mm-hmm. I don't know how we haven't talked about this before. We always talk about it every year, like that it's happening, but we don't actually we we've never talked about the event itself or talked about you know the history of it or anything. So overall, you would say people should go and see it
2: go at least once and see it
0: for at least sure. Once. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And you said something too, that I forgot, which is it, it plays twice each yeah. of the nights,
2: two nights,
1: yes. two performances. Mm-hmm.
0: So two performances your other option other nights,
2: yeah. is if, yeah, if you don't want to stand there from seven o'clock in the morning and sit on the curb, like I did, <laughs> you can, I know, um, right after I think the first parade, I don't know. They'll tell you if you ask a cast member, um, you can go line up, and they'll start lining you up for the second show. Oh, okay. So you can do that, and then you're only waiting for... Because the second show is, I think, it's 7 or 7.30. So you're waiting significantly less time, but you're standing the whole time because there's sure. no place to sit there. Sure. But that is an option as well. Although this year on Sunday, um, when we saw the first show, the second show got canceled because it was just oh. like-
0: Oh, I mean, I can understand that. You don't want to have the whole no. choir and yeah, everything no, no. standing out in the With drizzle. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it's just dangerous because they have to like climb up there mm-hmm. onto yeah, the mm-hmm. big Christmas tree and stuff. So,
0: yeah. Well, now I want to see it and we got to wait at least. I a mean, it was here,
2: already but... on my
1: Disney bucket list. Now it's it's just, yeah.
0: it's moved up a few
1: spaces i suppose (laughs) but yeah super cool thank you so much patrice for sharing your experiences with us because yeah that was just that made us get a different appreciation and a different like understanding of what the procession the candlelight processional is all about
2: yeah it's very moving that's Mm -hmm. probably my best adjective
0: well we've come to the end so we will ask you the final question we ask everybody which is if you can work at disneyland what would you do? Sky's the limit. Can include any job, even something you make up.
2: Well, I do have a made up job that I've always wanted to do. Um, so I was a preschool teacher many, many years ago. And that's my favorite job. I always tell people, if you want to know what it feels like to be a rock star, be a preschool teacher, because when you come in, the kids literally bum rush you and hug you. And they like, I mean, even when like you go to lunch, you come back, they're like, oh, my God, you haven't been here in an hour, you know? So I would want to be a preschool teacher at Disneyland. Oh. And every day I could take the kids for recess on different rides. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Best that's preschool cool. ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's my made
1: up job that I want. I like it. I like it. Then you could be <laughs> taking care of. I'm assuming you'd have your preschool and it would be uh, mostly for cast members, children, and then also local kids as well. But yeah, then you could be taking care of the cast members' families while they're taking care of the guests. I Mm -hmm. like that. That's really special.
2: It would be fun. Disney,
1: if you're listening, Patrice is volunteering to start the the Disneyland preschool. (laughs) There you go. Yes.
0: What a job. What a job.
1: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well,
0: thank you so much, Patrice. Well, that was a great discussion topic. Makes me want to go even more and check out the Candlelight Processional. So excited. But live from the Disneyland Resort, we're going to go out and enjoy the parks. Looks like we're coming in for a landing, gang. But please stay listening until trivia comes to a stop. And then you can walk to the nearest exit. Thanks for listening to the 8th Wonder of the World. DL Weekly.